Well, welcome to episode nine of the Beyond Sunnies podcast with Jonathan Howes. This is a very special episode because this is our, my very first guest. Uh, this is Alan Smith, and he has written a book, Let's Go, Creating a Sustainable and Thriving Student Ministry. This is actually this is actually the most phenomenal book I've ever read on student ministry. Awesome. So we're going to get into that. But Alan, how does how does it feel to be the very first person on the orange couch on my podcast? It feels great. I'm excited about being here. It's been a I've listened to a ton of podcasts, um, and anytime I get in the truck, I'm, I'm always listening to podcasts. But I've actually never been on one myself, so I'm excited about the opportunity to be here. So this is your first podcast and your first time on my podcast and my first guest. Yeah, hey, so, a lot of firsts. So we're going to talk about the book. I'm super proud of you about the book and nice. I love it but first I just want to ask about you share, share with our folks uh, just a little bit about yourself your family those kind of things yeah so I'm from Georgia went to the University of Georgia um, uh, actually step back I did accept Christ as a young age um, and, and went to church my whole life but then I went to University of Georgia got under, undergrad in wildlife biology and master's in forestry and also have a degree from seminary uh, so I've been to school a long time, um, and then I uh, met my wife while I was in seminary, and that's when we came here to Greystone, and I served uh, here at Greystone Student Pastor for three years, then I went to uh, the Walton Campus and served as a campus pastor, and now I'm at the Oconee Campus, and in that time, we had two kids, uh, Nora, now she is three, and Drake will turn two in two weeks, and we also have a third on the way. Oh, yeah. I so, yeah, I have a third on the way, so we thought, hey, you know, two, we're, we're pretty... Um, chaotic at the house. We really don't know what we're doing. We might as well just go ahead and throw a third in there just to kind of, you know, make some fun. So, yeah. So a lot's happened since you've come to Greystone. Oh yes. I remember when we were, we were first looking to hire you, and you and Allison were. I think you were engaged. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jennifer showing me a picture of her on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, we definitely have to get them <laughs> to Greystone Church. So she. That is something. <laughs> that is something that was told about. I don't know, probably a hundred times the first uh-huh. year that they said, y'all said that, yeah, we wanted you, but we really wanted to make sure we got Allison on the board. On board, Yeah, so. we, we actually love having Allison. I'm yeah. just, we like having know, you, too. I know, we, we absolutely love both of you guys. So you mentioned you, know, you were here as a student pastor. Uh, I think, was Greystone just one campus mm-hmm. when you first started? Yes. So, and then, and then we went to two campuses and then we ended up having to relaunch the Walton campus, and mm-hmm. uh, you were student pastor. I remember coming to you saying, hey, we need someone to help us relaunch the Walton campus in the new building, and I asked you to pray about it. Would you mm-hmm. rather be student pastor, or would you rather be campus pastor? And you really prayed about it, and you felt God leading you to do that, and mm-hmm. so you, you helped us launch that one, got that one growing, the Walton campus, which is doing phenomenal. And then we ask you to go start the Akoni campus. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where you are now. I think you covered all that. Yeah. So, you're no longer a student pastor. Mm-hmm. What made you write a book on student ministry? It's a great question. Um, and so, while I was a student pastor and even just working in student ministry, I, I met with a lot of student pastors, and just pretty much anything we did, I would keep my notes. And so, I had, a, I had you know, 10 pages of just notes that I had written down, anything that worked, didn't work, things we knew were good ideas, things weren't good ideas, any of those type things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just also meeting student pastors um, through events 
and any, anything like thing like this, I just knew I had you know a lot of ideas, uh, and I knew I had seen uh, the student ministry work in our in our model, the student ministry work at Azor campus and Walton campus, and when I came to the Oconee campus, we had a young student pastor. His name was Daniel. He was about nineteen or twenty, and he was super excited about that student ministry. And so I wanted to just kind of help him and encourage him. And so we started doing some of the things that I wrote about in the book. Um, and then I saw those work. And so what I really realized through that, my wife and I realized that these ideas and principles we had written down and had put into practice the five years before were things that really worked for everyone. And so it was an idea that I wanted to put down on, on paper that we could send out to any new and young student pastor just to help them get started in ministry. And I, I really would love uh, when 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 getting the book out to people to help student ministers get some just knowledge and even really information that I wish I would have had when I first started student ministry. Well, you mentioned Daniel being young student pastor on fire for God, but giving him those skills. And we've mm-hmm. seen it at the Oconee campus. I mean, the, yeah. the student ministry is just exploding. Mm-hmm. It's blowing up. Yeah. But what I, what I love about the book, and, and you mentioned this, is it's just so practical. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like a, you could pretty much hand this thing over to somebody who, if they have a heart for God and they're passionate about student ministry and say, here you go and, and yeah. go for it. So I think it's applicable to everyone, but it seems like it's especially good for like a, a young student pastor, someone just kind of getting started. Mm-hmm. What do you, is it for everybody or is it just for young people? Um, I mean, when, you, when, you, when I was thinking through the, the book, I was really writing it for young student pastors, really writing it for the, someone... 20 to 25, just getting into student ministry, just hearing about the things that they need to be doing. And, and really, it's a practical book, and I even made it short on purpose so that the young student pastor would have a chance and, and time to read it. Mm-hmm. I know that he's busy. I know or he or she are doing a lot of work. So that's one of the reasons we kept it short was for student pastors and for young student pastors as well, just to kind of get them, get them started. Yeah, I, I like that it's it's short chapters, mm-hmm. and I, I read actually read the whole book on my way to Honduras on the airplane. Yeah. So it was, um, I, I like that. Now I noticed the very first chapter says it's not about you. Now why why is that so important for a student pastor? Yeah, and I think that's uh, something that's very important for all all pastors, but especially student pastors. I think so often. We're looking for that guy or that girl that's really um, influential, has a has a big personality, and wants to be on stage, and you know has fun. And the kids just love, and that's a great thing for student pastors. But the problem with that is sometimes we get so focused on ourselves that we forget. In order to reach more people, in order to um, even even have you know a bigger influence, we have to um, have volunteers. We have to have other people help us mm-hmm. because there's no way that. Uh, I could lead worship. I could, I could, you know, preach the message. I could have this. I could do all the small groups. But if you remember that, yes, God does have has given us, you know, certain gifts and certain things He wants us to use. But we remember that the only way in order to to grow, the only way to to reach more people, is to invest in leaders and to invest in other people around you. Because when we start just making it all about us, it doesn't matter how good of a uh, a relationship person you are and, and loving hanging out with people. You can only influence so many people. Mm-hmm. So when you start wanting to reach more people, in order to do that, you got to remember that it's not about me. It's about using my gifts, but then also empowering other people and helping other volunteers and leaders and things like that in order to reach more mm-hmm. people. For and Christ. I think that's the case in any any ministry, yeah. whether it's adult ministry, student ministry, children's ministry. 
Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things with student pastors, children's pastors. Uh, yes, they love the kids, but the real ministry is pouring into into the volunteers, pouring into the leaders so they, they can multiply their lives. That's so. exactly right. And I don't think they teach you that in seminary. I think in seminary they train you well for biblical context and stuff like that, but when you get into the real world of ministry, you really realize that that you start, as your, as your ministry grows, you invest more into leaders than you actually do into students. Mm-hmm. Now, you still hang out and, and, and you know, hang out with students and have relationships, but it's more about investing in, like you said, the leaders mm-hmm. and the volunteers. Now, one of the things about hang, hanging out with the students, um, and I was, I was real big on this, is, is getting out of the office, getting on their turf, you know, kind of going to the students instead of them coming to us. And there's a story in here. You said your lead pastor, which is actually me, mm-hmm. uh, took your office away yep. at the church. I'd actually forgotten about that. I, oh, I no. don't even remember where you had an office, but I'd forgotten about that. But I, I laughed when I read in the book that I had taken your office away. So what's the, what's, what was the context behind that? Yeah, so that was about three months into uh, a brand new job. Um, when my, my, you approached me and you said, hey, man, I really... Um, think you really need to be getting more out into the community. And I had I'd heard about this. I was really green, really sharp, trying to figure out what student ministry was all about. And you really encouraged me, like, hey, let's get out, let's get out, let's get out. Um, and I think it was a great, probably one of the best decisions you made in, in my, our student ministry was encouraging me to get out. So mm-hmm. instead of coming to the office every day, I don't even remember who took my office, but it was, it was in this office building right behind us, and I remember mm-hmm. this. Um, but... You encouraged me, hey, instead of coming to the office, go to a lunch or, you know, go to a kid's practice or go to whatever other event is going on in the community. I'd rather you spend your time out in the community than spend your time here in the office. And that really changed my whole entire view of student ministry. And we actually saw a huge increase in just ministry itself, reaching new kids and different things like that when I started spending more of my time in in the community and less of my time Mm -hmm. at the church. Well, kids love it when you show up for lunch oh, yeah. at their school or, or, or go on the ball games. I mean, I've, I've seen you and other student pastors, when, when they go to a ball game, not only do, do the kids love it, but the parent, they have opportunity to yeah. call the parents. And, I mean, it's, it's a total win-win. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about you and Allison. Y'all, y'all are a great team, and you're great. I just remember some of those times of being out in the ballpark and y'all coming. And, uh, of course, I had kids mm-hmm. as well, so y'all would come see them. Um, what does it mean to have your wife working alongside of you in ministry? And I noticed she helped you. Her name's on the book. It is. It yeah. says Alan Smith, Allison Smith. It is. Yeah. So y'all both wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to have her with you and, and helping you in ministry? Um, well, if we found out through the years, number one, that we actually worked extremely well together because everything that I enjoy doing, she hated, and vice versa. Like. She lo- I love the big ideas. I love being on stage. I loved having fun and, and going crazy. And she liked the, the details, and she liked behind the scenes, and she liked the numbers and the spreadsheets and doing all those type things. Mm-hmm. Those were things that she got excited about, and I liked being out up front. And so it actually worked out well. We worked really well together as a team, but also, like you were saying, that we worked well together um, just even in scheduling. You know, if, if you had kids that were playing sports at 9 and 10 o'clock at night, we actually worked well because we were on the same schedule. You know, we both were actually out there hanging out. She was great at discipling um, girls, and, and girls were always texting her, you know, for help and advice and all these type of things. So 
it was a great team because we both were on the same game plan. We both were working and doing the same thing. And it was just super helpful to have, you know, a partner with both of us able to talk about everything we were struggling with and working with. Uh, it was just a great team. One of, one of my favorite stories is when you guys were here at the Azor campus as the student pastors. On Sunday morning, you guys would have a competition between the two of you, but who could meet the most new students yeah. that morning? Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, some healthy competition uh, between husband and wife, but yeah. it would be great to have that between the staff. of Hey, who can meet the most new people today? Because new people are looking to get connected yeah. and plugged in. So, One of the things, I know this is controversial, I, know, I noticed in the book is you mentioned having fun. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of there's different philosophies in student ministry. Should it be fun, or should it, we be focused on spiritual growth? Um, I'm a big fan of fun. I think the kids should love to come to church and have fun at church. But also, I hear it shouldn't be too much fun because they need to learn the Bible and grow spiritually. And so, where where do you find the balance between having fun where they want to come to church and doing all the crazy stuff, but then also they're learning about God. Yeah. Well, I really found out about the fun, um, talking with other student pastors, just to kind of hear what they were doing. And really, when I was interviewing um, some of the students that accepted Christ that were, I think, were far from Christ, I really just would ask, you know, like, why did you come? Like, why on a Sunday or, or Wednesday night, why did you show up? And the list kept going where, where they were like, well, you had a great Xbox game. I really wanted to come play it. Or you had a brand new game. Or you had great snacks. Or you had great prizes. Or I saw these games you know, that you had on Instagram. Or, or whatever these things were. And so I found out from that that the fun aspect was a lot of times the reason why kids kept coming back. And, and, and so when I, when I heard that, I kept hearing, you know, this, this is why these kids that didn't know Jesus honestly now know Jesus a year later. And so that's what one of the things we would promote. We would promote the fun. We want the kid to have fun. We were, hey, we got a new game. Hey, we got a new event. Hey, your friends are going to be here. Let's have some fun together. But even in the back of the book, I wrote down what a, a night of worship or what a night in student ministry looks like. Um, and I've actually had conversations like this. So I kind of had figured out that it's only about 20 to 25% fun. And the rest is actually spiritual growth. It's it's messages, or it's small group, or it's worship. But when you think about it, we promote the fun because that's the thing that kids are going to be coming for. Now, yes, I would love for a kid just to want to grow spiritually. That would be the ideal, and that would be great. But it's the kids that we're trying to reach. Those are the ones that want to come to have fun. They want to come for the big fun event or whatever we have you know, going on that week. And so that's the reason why we have the fun. And you're right. It is one of those controversial things, and I think from the outside in, especially with social media right now, it looks like it's all fun, but really it's 20, maybe 25% fun and 75% spiritual growth. You know, again, discipling kids, reaching them for Jesus, those type things happen more than, than the actual fun part mm-hmm. on, a, on a Wednesday or Sunday night. Yeah, and they're kids. Yeah. They want to have fun. Yeah. I mean, it's not fun. They're not going to want to come. Exactly. But, but why shouldn't church, I mean, church should be the place that they want to come and they want to have the most fun. Mm-hmm. And it gets them around the, the right group of people and there's just so many great things about it. I, I've never heard that before, though. 25% fun, 75% is more the spiritual growth and relationships and everything. So. Yeah. But that's, that's the great thing about your book. There's so many practical things. You even mentioned like how, how to lay out a service, mm-hmm. um, how to recruit volunteers. You, there's things on here about details and schedules. 
resources, podcasts, you know, I mean, this is just so practical. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned events, mm-hmm. catalytic events, getting students to go. Why is it so important to go to a summer camp or go to a fall retreat or a breakthrough weekend? Like, why, why is that so important for a student to do those things? Yeah. What, one of the reasons I wrote in the very beginning of that chapter, I said relations, or events are relationship incubators. It just, you know, you could spend a few months with a kid on Wednesday, once a, you know, once a week on Wednesday nights, but if you go to camp with them, you know, that relationship just doubles and triples. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, also, I think events are great because this is a time where you can just get away from the mundane things going on in life. Um, you know, in some events, we, we ask them to not even bring their cell phone or, or to leave their stuff that are going to be distractions at the, at the house. And then that, that's an awesome opportunity for God to, to speak to those students. For maybe they've never paid attention you know, to a, a message because they've always had their phone or they've always been with their friends or whatever. Now we come to these events. This is a great opportunity for them to hear about Jesus, for them to grow spiritually, and really just take time and diving into the Word and diving into to those type things. Which uh, We also have fun at these mm-hmm. events. We promote the fun. You know, These are the reasons we want to go for... You know, a, a mudslide or or a big you know lake day or whatever that is, but it's also a great opportunity for for kids and students just to grow mm-hmm. and understand who they are in Christ and what Christ has done for them. Well, I'm a big fan of the camps. I became a Christian yeah. as a high school kid on a camp, so I love for the kids to go to to go to camp. So there's just so much in this book. I mean, we, we could we could talk about it forever. Yeah. Um, you know, at Greystone, we always say that. The students and the, the children aren't the, the future of our church. They're our number one mission field right now. And I really appreciate you taking the time to write this book because I think it's helping train our, our young student pastors, children's pastors. And I would I would encourage any pastor to get this book for his, his student pastor. And uh, if someone wants to buy the book, where do they go? What do they do? They can go to Amazon. Yeah, and just search Let's Go. Creating a Sustainable and Thriving Student Ministry, and they'll be able to find it on there. Yeah, and I would I would give this book my endorsement. This is the most phenomenal book I've ever read on student ministry. Mm-hmm. It's the only that. book I've ever read <laughs> there you go. on That's student great. ministry. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan, and uh, you know, the great movements of God, a lot of the great revivals have started in youth and student you know, movements. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like we're, we're on the verge of, of that potentially here yeah. at Greystone Church and what God's doing with all of our students. So I uh, appreciate you being on the podcast. How, how did it feel to be the first the first person sitting in the orange couch? It's a little bit of the hot seat, but it, it <laughs> felt good. So it felt good. I appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah, I yeah. enjoyed this. So well, I, appreciate, I appreciate you doing it. Yeah, and I'm you. hoping you're the first of many, many guests on the podcast. So uh, that's been Beyond Sunday's podcast with Jonathan Howes. Have my special guest here, Alan Smith. Go out and buy his book, Let's Go, Creating and Sustaining a Thriving Student Ministry by Alan and Allison Smith. Proud of you guys. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great day.